up in the ass of, of Timo. I've driven a whole stage blind, every single corner. The roller coaster on four wheels. A big stone inside there. McCray on opposite lot, Collins Mad Max Day. Hello Mike, and thanks for joining me. You're welcome, thank you very much for having me. It's great to meet you in person because I've known you a long time on Twitter and Instagram and all these places. That's right, yeah, we've um, we've exchanged many tweets and things over the years, but never never met face to face, so it's nice to, uh, nice to finally meet you. <laughs> yeah, start <laughs> off, let's get into how you first got into rallying. What's your rally origin story? Well, I, I think um, my earliest memory is my parents bought me a remote control car for my birthday. I think it was my 11th birthday, I want to say. Um, I was probably a little bit of a petrol head anyway, um, but they bought me this remote control car and it had a Impreza shell on it and it was a Richard Burns model. And I remember watching the news a few weeks later after, you know, hardly ever putting this car down. Um, I'm thinking, oh, hang on a minute, Richard Burns, this this is the guy that's on the side of this car. And this guy had just won the world championship. I thought, amazing, you know, the, the sort of the connection had sort of clicked somewhere. I, I want to know more about this guy. I want to know more about, you know, rallying and stuff in general. So um, the following year, I was glued to to rally radio every every round. You know, it was, you know, I'd have to beg my mum to give me time off of school to you know <laughs> bunking off of school to, to to listen to rally radio and uh you know sat there watching split times and things on a screen and I just I just got absolutely obsessed with it from 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 that moment forwards um so yeah that's it's a bit of a strange way that I got into to rallying but it all started yeah. with that it all started with that remote control car so <laughs> I'd, I'd love to know where that car is now because it, yeah. it was gone many years ago but it's a a huge um you know part of my life really that little car in the end because mm -hmm. uh because rallying's a, a big part of it now so mm -hmm. yeah yeah I've, I've, I've got uh the parents to thank and, and the little uh tamia remote control car to thank for that so <laughs> that yeah. one little bit of merchandise and that got you hooked right it got me hooked yeah that's were your right. parents yeah. into it did they like rallying a motorsport um my dad's always been into bikes um so when he was younger him and his brothers used to have motorbikes they used to go and watch the Isle of Man TT and uh, super bikes and you know all that kind of stuff um I was never really into bikes when I was younger um but I guess some of that petrol headness must have rubbed <laughs> off onto me you know so um so I think that's that's probably where it came from they always had you know I remember growing up we always had sort of fairly sportyish cars mum had a Celica, Dad had a Subaru Legacy, and you know we all had these different sort of rally-related cars, uh, you know, um, which I don't think was on purpose when we, you know, when I was younger. But then, as we got into rallying, those more and more of those cars started to sort of be introduced into the family. To be honest, so the um, the win on Sunday, sell on Monday, definitely definitely worked in my family <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, you're the target market for all the companies. You're definitely. That's that's right. <laughs> that's great, yeah. Um, and obviously that's, yeah, you've been watching it for quite a while. Are there any moments in the WRC that have stood out to you and stuck in your memory as sort of favourites? Yeah, so was, uh, one that really sticks in my mind is I was really fortunate to travel to um, Alsace when Alsace used to have a, a round of the WRC. Uh, me and my sister drove there. It was took us, I don't know, eleven hours in the car, or something. We, we drove all the way, um, and it was, you know, we had our own little sort of adventure getting there. It was great, um, which, you know, it's the great thing about rally. And every rally that you go and attend and spectate at is, you know, it's an adventure. Um, and we'd gone to us. I think it was two thousand and twelve. We'd been, I've been three times to Alsace, but I think it was two thousand and twelve. And the last stage of the rally was run through Hagenau, which is Loeb's hometown. Um, so all of his friends and family were there at the end of the stage and stuff. And he he hadn't won the world championship until that round. Um, and he was leading the rally and all he had to do was cross the finish line in Hagenau and he'd won the championship. But to see Sebastian Loeb 
take a world championship title in his hometown, the atmosphere was just another level. I'd never experienced anything like it on any other WRC round. The only the only other one I can probably compare it to was um, Rally GB in 2017 when Elfin Evans won the rally. Mm-hmm. I was at the stop line at Brennig, and the atmosphere there was very similar to to what it was in France. But it was it was like the whole of France had turned up to watch Sebastian Loeb win a world championship, and it was just it was great to see them all. You know, I'm jealous because you know we <laughs> we we'd hoping it was a Brit that was you know going to take the championship, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, it was great to see. Really, really cool. And that is a, a memory that will, will stay with me for a long time, I think. <laughs> I think that's the same with Seb, because in the WRC, what is it, Backstory podcast, that's one of yeah. his favourite memories, but that must yeah. have been amazing. I mean, yeah, I remember awesome. that from the time. And it was mm. just like, even he said all his friends and family were there, and it's one of the yeah. best moments of his life, and you got to be there. Yeah, the place was electric. It was honestly, yeah. it was it was amazing. It was just, and all of the, you know, like the bakeries and the patisseries, they all had cakes with citron logos on them. And, oh, wow. And, you know, low plastered all over everything. It was all over the front page of the news. It was, you know, it was like you'd walked into sort of some rallying Hollywood, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and there was this god there who's, who's low. It was, yeah, it's just, just, just amazing. Um, <laughs> he, he's a, he's a big hero of mine. I, I've actually named my, my son after him. He's called Sebastian. So, uh, that is great. You're so lucky. <laughs> so hopefully he's Sebastian 3.0. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you gave him the right name anyway. So he's got uh, yeah, a yeah. chance. Yeah. <laughs> We're lucky when I went for rally-related names when we didn't know what my daughter was, they all got dismissed. I was like, Marcus? He was like, no. I was like, can we call her Matty? No. My, my, daughter's, no. my daughter's middle name is actually Rally. Really? So, yeah. It's, oh, man. It's spelled, with, spelled with an E. So, yeah. Yeah. Her middle name is Rally. So, yeah, I get lots. we got lots of questions from uh, the schools and her school friends and parents of school friends think what, what, what does that mean when you explain it they, they, they look at you like you've got two heads and it's like yeah we've really done that uh-huh. <laughs> that's great I love it yeah, yeah it's brilliant she loves it as well all sorts of does she like it yeah she loves it yeah she's she's really into rallying actually she loves she loves watching rallying with her dad so yeah, yeah. how old are the two of them uh she's she's six yeah. and Seb is three so they're getting into it a bit now, and they. I think Fleur's probably more into rallying, and I think Seb's probably more into dancing. So <laughs> <laughs> that changes in time though, when they're that little. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. If you can get him into gymnastics, then you know he's on the right path. That's it. Yeah. Well, Pat Solberg was a dancer, wasn't he? So yeah, oh, you never know. Yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, Solberg, Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that helps, just push them into it. That's it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those two don't stand a chance in your house because your your wife loves motorsport too. Yeah, so um, she, she competes with me, she navigates with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we've only started doing that in the last um, last couple of years. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a big part of our, our family. And my, my wife's um, uncle was actually... The chief mechanic for Rauno Altenen at Mini. Oh wow! And he rallied uh, the Mini Cooper in the sixties. He was <laughs> he was his chief. A guy called Brian Molan. He's um he's written a lot of books about the competitions department at MG in, in Abingdon, which is just down the road from me, or was just down the road from me. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of um a lot of rallying history on probably more so on her side, than my <laughs> side of the family. Yeah. yeah, it goes way back on her side. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we didn't know that when we met, but yeah, small world. I was going to ask you, was she into motorsport before she met you? No, not really. No, um, no. She's into amateur dramatics and things, but um, yeah. So she's used to being on a stage and now she's used mm-hmm. to being on a rally stage. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've done a good job of winning around then, definitely. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, she's doing a really good job as well. It's yeah. um the navigator definitely has a harder job. Definitely has a harder job than the driver. <laughs> so in my case, at least, anyway. So um, yeah, no, she's there's a lot of 
different skills involved that you need for the navigating side, isn't there? Yeah, well, which she's so in me and Alex are competing in Targa rallying mm-hmm. together. So I, I do both. I do stage rallying and Targa rallying, but Alex does the, the Targa rallying with me. Um, and that is literally you turn up on the day, there's no wrecking, there's no onboard videos that you can watch from years gone by. You, you turn up and you get given a map um, with some directions on some arrows and some cone numbers and some, you know, corner numbers and passage controls and all based on sort of road rallying rules, um, code boards and all that kind of stuff. And you don't see that until an hour before you actually get in the car and go. Right. So you, you get handed that paperwork in the morning and then it's right. Now I've got to sit down and annotate it all, highlight it all, process it and then go out and do it. So there's a lot of pressure on her in, in that moment and throughout the, you know, throughout the day. Um, so, yeah, I think it's possibly actually more demanding and challenging on a navigator in target rallying than it is in stage rallying because stage rallying, you you know, speeds are obviously much, much higher. Um but you're, you're, you know, you're reading a set pace notes or um, depending on, you know, your sort of level, you're, you're doing a recce beforehand and you sort of know where you're going. Um, yeah. So it's a great challenge. It's really good fun. It's a, it's a sort of new form of, of rallying. Um, it seems to be getting more and more popular and it's, it's great value for money. I mean, you could spend 60 quid and, and do an event for a day in a almost bog standard road car, you know, um, so it's a great way, I think, of getting youngsters and people who haven't, you know, got the budget to to go out and do stage rallying to to get into it. And yeah. the competition is very high. You know, yeah. You know, it's a high standard of driving in it. So, yeah, it's good. It's really How good fun. How many sort of entries do you get on a target rally? I'm quite new to targets. I didn't wasn't sure what they were before. Yeah, so it's probably, I'd say, on average, sort of 60-ish cars, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and you can also on some events do double driving. So you, you can swap halfway through the event. So navigator can drive and drive can navigate navigating. And, oh, that's great. So everyone gets uh, yeah. the of each one. So oh, everyone can navigate. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really good fun. It's, it's like I said, it's all based on um, road rallying rules. Yeah. Um, so all of the cars have to, you know, have an interior. And on some events, they may have to have a roll cage, but not all of them. Sometimes you need harnesses, sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't wear a harness because uh, a helmet, sorry, because your, your average speed is, is only 30 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I say only 30 miles an hour. It's still, mm-hmm. you know, it still feels pretty quick inside the car, at, you know, at times. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's, it's, it's quite technical. It's quite technical events. Um, it's yeah, it's really good fun. Yeah, it's a really sounds like a really good accessible way to get into it and to bring more people oh, into the sport. It's, definitely, yeah, it's grassroots grassroots motorsport is best. It's yeah, it's very good. And there's there's more ideas coming for sort of progression as well. You know, the Welsh Rally Championship have a um, a road rallying um, class. So you can take your target car or your road rally car, and you, it, as long as it's got a, a Motorsport UK logbook on it, and it's you know it's been scrutinised and it's safe to go, you can use that spec car to compete against other people in in stage rallying with that with that car. Right. So there's more and more of these sort of ideas coming to to you know for the progression. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool. Yeah, it's a good way to learn it sounds really good it's about time they had more things to help people get into it because you know at a normal stage rally level it's quite pricey yeah you've got to get your car sorted and just be involved and it's quite complicated but to have something a bit of a step down really good to encourage young people and people that don't know to get into it exactly yeah Mm -hmm. it's a it's a very good progression to to stage rallying i would say yeah yeah Really good. Were you quite patient with her when she was learning to call the pace notes? Um, the first event we had together was a bit of a disaster because I just bought the car and I bought it fully prepped and do any work on it. Just just bought it as it was out of the box and just went and rallied it. And we had loads of, of teething problems with the car throughout the day. So um, she sort of turned into a mechanic for that <laughs> event. So there wasn't there wasn't much navigating. There was more. Um, soldering and uh, some wiring that, that that burnt and you know needed redoing through the event so uh, yeah she was really hands-on and you know oh, 
stuck in and, and, and got to it. So uh, that was really cool. Um, but as we've sort of progressed through the last year, we've we've entered a, a couple of championships, and I think she's lying fourth overall um, in the Cotswold Motorsport um, Target Championship, um, which for a first time, you know, is is really impressive. It's really yeah, really good. That is really good. Yeah, natural. So, yeah, she's and she's the driver too. Yeah, oh, wow, yeah, 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 yeah. You just do what you're told and go fast. That's it, yeah. I just do what I'm told. Yeah. yeah. It's a good dynamic then. Yeah, I can't blame her for anything though, because she's my wife, so there's there's no chance of that, you know. <laughs> I'm not as fortunate as these WRC drivers that can just blame the co-driver. You know, <laughs> not I, DJ I Darling give her a smack in the head. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't get away with that. It's definitely the other yeah. way around. Like, yeah. <laughs> give horses on the cards. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, and what about your stage rallying? What championship yeah, yeah, so are you getting on? Yeah, so back to the memories again it was one of my you know another another one of my memories that sticks in my head is my first ever stage rally which was in 2012 as a driver um so i kind of built my car which is a peugeot 205 a um, very standard car you know had the little 1400 cc engine in it um i've done a lot of work with it in the sort of months running up to that rally um pretty much did all of it myself with a, with a friend who's a mechanic runs a garage locally to me and you know we'd work sort of throughout the night and get the thing ready um and that was yeah that was in 2012 on the tempest rally um and my goal was to get to the end and i did so you know i was mm. absolutely i think it probably came dead last like i can't remember <laughs> um but i just just wanted to get to the end and i made it to the end and it was the best feeling in the world just to you know to get to the end of this this rally um I had my co-driver scott um sat alongside me who i sort of found through a friend who ran a rally matching almost sort of like a match.com website for for rally drivers and co-drivers at the time and then i did the same rally again the following year in 2013 and again finished um probably last again can't remember and then um Life sort of took over, you know, had children, got married, bought a house, you know, mm-hmm. as it does. And, um, it and exactly. Yeah. You know, priorities change when you have kids and stuff. So, you know, the rallying sort of went out of the window, still spectated a lot. So I still love doing now. Um, uh, I actually sometimes love spectating more than driving. I'm sat in the car on a rally thinking, I wish I was on the other side so I could watch all these other cars. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah. It's, I find that difficult sometimes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I decided that 2020 was going to be the year that I was going to come back and have a go at it again. Um, so I went to the Autosport show in the, the beginning of the year and bought my helmet and bought a hands um, kit because, of course, you didn't need hands back when I did it in 2013. Um, bought new overalls, bought, you know, bought the lot, seats, fire extinguishers, everything that you need to be in date, bought it all there. And then, of course, COVID hit, lockdown. Mm-hmm um so no rallying then until um november last year uh me and scott again same co-driver came back and we did um the rally nuts rally um which uses sweet lamb uh, hafrin maherin in november last year um and we ended up getting third in class which was just completely unexpected to, to get a podium position in, in our class mm-hmm. um, after all of this time, I think eight years out of uh, rallying, um, which was just, yeah, amazing, incredible feeling. Yeah, um, it's like they say about the WRC drivers, it's like, oh, that's a great result. He hasn't been in the car before and first time yeah. back. Yeah, it was really, really cool. It was really, really nice. And I'd also sort of rebuilt the car completely over lockdown as well, decided, you know, I was going to put a new engine in. So I did that and rebuilt the engine. I'm not a mechanic by trade and <laughs> I, don't, I don't confess to be a mechanic. You know, I'm, I, 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 I'm okay, I guess, but you know, I decided that no, I want to do it. I want to learn. I want to get it right. And to, oh, wow. to, to build the car and, you know, for it to finish and finish in a good position with me sat behind the wheel <laughs> you know and I'm not the best driver in the world either so you know um it was a brilliant feeling yeah really really cool 
And then we did the same rally again this year. Um, but unfortunately, I experienced my first ever retirement. Um, we lost the Orcs belt. The battery went dead um, on the start line to um, Afrin. Um, and yeah, that feeling. I, I have a lot more respect and empathy for WRC drivers now when they retire from an event. And, you know, there's me at this bottom level you know, clubman mm-hmm. rallying, you know, right at the bottom. And I felt absolutely gutted that, you know, we, we'd retired. So I can't imagine what it must feel like for for drivers that are competing for championships to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to experience that. It must be a horrible, horrible feeling. I know. Uh, I would think you do all that work, you know, all that yeah, training and everything to get to that point, And then you finish because of one little thing just going wrong. It must be heartbreaking. Especially it's always a little thing team. as well. Yeah. I think at a lower, you know, at a non-WRC level, it must be even harder because it's your own money that you're plowing into it and you've done all that yeah, work on the car true. and you get there and it's just like, oh man, what a shame. Yeah, true, true. So yeah, that was heartbreaking, but there was there was a lot of positive to take away from it. I think I worked out, I was um, about 10 seconds a kilometre quicker through my hair in this year than last year. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, it was just amazing. I just had so much more confidence. Um I was really, really nervous last <laughs> November. Lots of reasons. I hadn't driven for such a long time. Built the car myself. You know, there's all this yeah. sort of in the back of my head, and it, it does it does play on your mind a little bit and makes you a little bit nervous. Um, I think I'm always nervous before I step into a car. I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine that, that people aren't, to be honest. But I don't know maybe it's just me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, it was really cool to get that to get that position last year and then yeah incredibly gutting to not finish this year although I did get to do two passes of Meherin and I could have just driven Meherin all day long just, how does it keep driving on those stages oh it's just iconic. amazing I've got goosebumps now just talking about just talking about it because you know you, you just this iconic image in my head of WRC cars flying through past the you know the um the turbines yeah over the hills and you can, yeah. I can just pick, I can just picture that in my head and I actually speaking to you were speaking to Dan last year mm-hmm. one of the first things I bought before that rally was the Meherin one of his Meherin mugs and it's oh, got yeah. the, the, the turbine in the little triangle and it's it's <laughs> a great mug I, sometimes I just sit there with that mug there like yeah I've driven that stage it's a really cool <laughs> yeah stage. that's great There's it's not really that really many cool. people that can say that yeah, I'm really, really lucky to have um, well, probably one of the slowest people across it. But even so, I, I had a really, really good time. I did say it doesn't um, matter. You just get to do it. Uh, the closest I've ever come to that is we were at Wales with my friend Chelsea, Chelsea Kalpinen. Yeah. Used yeah. to be Chelsea Beckman. She was in the little Twitter group. But we, I don't know what stage it was. I'm re- terrible at remembering stages but we were parked right up the back right near the entrance gate it was a night stage and they couldn't they had some problem down the bottom getting the cars out so the marshals just came and went we're gonna drive you through the stage and I was like oh, awesome. gonna, what and I had the <laughs> crappy clear and it was just the most amazing thing ever I'm like I'm driving in the ruts of the WRC cars it's like I can't like being on holy ground isn't it it's, you know <laughs> and you're following the arrows round out of it and it was just like oh it's amazing and even just yeah, that I've got proper rallying on it and that was exciting enough so what it must be like to actually do it you know in competition must be great yeah. it's amazing oh I'd, I'd be happy walking it it was it was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, was it was such a special place mm-hmm. such a special stage just flowing all the time it was just yeah yeah I can't describe it it was just amazing yeah, really, really cool stage. But a total pleasure to drive. Yeah, complete yeah. pleasure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was it's actually really cool to drive down the hill and into the bowl at Sweet Lamb as well, because I've got yeah. so many memories. Mm-hmm. So many memories over the years. of. I mean, I, I think my first rally was Rally GB in 2002. Um, my parents had taken me. And um, obviously back then it was in the south, but you know as the years went on me and dad went to every single rally gb yeah i think i missed one which is when my my son was born so i have a fairly decent excuse as to why i wasn't there that year <laughs> um but yeah every other year we we'd been 
every every single year we'd go um whether it was hiring a camper van or taking the camper van or sleeping in the boot of the car or sleeping in tents you know over the years we've done it so many different ways and there's so many different I sort of remember each rally by where we were sleeping you know more than the, the year or the winner um because it's just great great memories um but yeah coming down into the sweet lamb bowl and just remembering you know being a kid stood up on the bank watching the cars jump and get through the water splash it's like now I'm doing this this is amazing because we've all stood there watching them come down the hill and in and around it's like well there they go yeah and my kids are there with a the banner and go dad yeah. you know oh, that's <laughs> great oh man that's great for them to have that memory of, of me going through there so it's it's yeah really really special place that I want to ask you about your garage and your cars my cars yeah um, what have you got in your garage wow I've got a very special vehicle in my garage now at the moment since I've started rallying again I've got a Vauxhall Vivaro. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's about 10 years old and it's <laughs> scratches and dents and it's a beat up old van. And yeah, <laughs> I I decided sort of when I decided to get back into rallying again, I thought there's no way I can have a nice expensive road road car and go rallying. Just I can't afford to do both. So I had to make some sacrifices and get rid of the nice road cars and buy a beat up old van so that I can chuck some tools in it and sort of service myself at events because, you know, keeping, you know, budgets down and things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what I drive now. That's my, my daily driver is a, an old Vauxhall Vivaro. Yeah. Um, which I use. The money for... where it needs to be spent on the rally car and the target car. That's right. And I can tow the cars with it as well. Um, oh, yeah. Stick the trailer on the back and tow, tow with it. So yeah, that's my, my daily driver. <laughs> um, before that i had a i had a focus rs the new shape focus rs oh really um, nice which was One a really cool guys. car mm-hmm. yeah really nice car um i tend to buy cars that have some sort of connection with rallying <laughs> so yeah like i was saying earlier the marketing definitely works on, on yeah, me we're the target uh, market i just can't afford them yet yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> or can i <laughs> um I had a P1 in Pretza when Did I was. You? Oh, I'm so good. Yeah. I had that. I was 19 when I bought that. Oh, God. Um, how could you insure it? <laughs> well, this was the thing. I had to, it was living at home with mum and dad and no mortgage and no bills and, you know, everything just <laughs> went on the Subaru, you know. Yeah, um, right. Terrible financial choice, but I, I don't regret it one bit. It's a fantastic car. Absolutely loved it. Um, yeah cherished it looked after it i still keep in touch with the the owner who's who's got it now and, and really? sort of stalked a little bit yeah <laughs> just it. to see how it's doing yeah it's like a sort of long lost friend you know yeah yeah how you doing is it all right yeah it's locked away in a barn now i think is a bit of a collector's item it's um yeah it's worth a little bit more than what he paid for it that's for sure mm-hmm. um but yeah that was a great car and then i bought a a hawkeye impreza three years ago mm-hmm. um so an import spexy type ra oh wow yeah. um white hawkeye impress and i bought it because it looked like a recce car <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah that's an excellent that's, reason we yeah exactly good yeah. old up volvos just because they're recce cars looking, like, honestly i keep i keep going on to auto trader and looking at the volvos i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> luckily i'm going it's recce car they last forever you know, I know. Luckily, luckily for my wife, one in white hasn't come up. Otherwise, <laughs> you're getting some XM Sport recce car, and the wheels have fallen off five minutes after you get it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm just not not massively into my road cars now. Um, well, I just you've had such a good history that you know you can yeah. go for the family sensible options. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if I if I had to buy a car now, and if money was no object, I would probably have a GI Yaris. I think. Oh yeah, I think mm-hmm. that, Me too. that would be my choice. Yeah, they are good looking cars. Completely impractical, but yeah, yeah. what an awesome car! It's got a little, it's got a little plaque. It's got a little plaque that's got the WRC logo on it that says oh. that it's a homologated, homologated special. So it doesn't get any better than that. 
<laughs> I'm a sucker for anything like that. When you see a Skoda VRS, or even when you see the little Fabians yeah. with the Monte Carlo badge on Monte Carlo badge on them. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I want it. <laughs> it's like, you can't have it. Um, it Where definitely I go, yeah. I go shopping and there's a guy that's there every Sunday. I never see him get in and get out, but it's a, is it a C4, C4 lobe edition? Yes. Lobe signature. Got the lobe signature. And there, yeah. Oh, he comes back and there's ribble marks on the window. <laughs> Everyone else looks at me like, why are you looking at that old car? It's just like pedigree. It's funny, isn't it? I used to, I used to, I wouldn't say hate, hate's a strong word, but I, I really disliked the new Ford Puma when Ford announced it because the old one was, you know, it was a bit of an icon and a legend. You know? <laughs> and I saw the new one, I thought, what is this thing? But now, since M Sport have launched the new hybrid Puma, I look at a Puma on the road. And I'm like, actually, I quite like that. <laughs> so it's funny how it, you know, changes. Familiarization is amazing thing. Yeah. Just watching yeah. those cars and seeing them in their libraries because that Ford, that M Sport library, I'm sucker for that. I think it looks great. Yeah, and it's seeing one it wrapped of like that. You see the cars differently on the road, like you say. Yeah, it's, do it's yeah. One of the best looking rally cars in a long time, I think. Actually, really? yeah. I've yeah. literally just booked yesterday. Um, I booked my trip to Eep. I'm going to Eep. Are you? Um, yeah, I'm. I'm really excited about it because I love Eep. I've, I've, I went when it was the IRC round. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, talking about memories of rallies, I think it was 2010. I want to say I drove over there on my own. It's not very far um, from me, and. I think I got something like six stages in in a day because they're all so compact and close together. You can just dart around from see the, you know, the top 10, 20 cars and then whiz off to the next stage and see them again and see them again. It was just brilliant. I was just chasing WRC cars around April day. Yeah. It was fantastic. It was really good. But I'm really looking forward to seeing the, the hybrid cars because I haven't seen them in action yet. Yeah, first time. So that will be flesh. Yeah, that'll be really exciting. One of my other memories of EAP actually is um, I did some work for, I don't know if you remember Greg Strange, he's sadly yes. not with us anymore, mm-hmm. um, who he was sort of the founder of Rally Radio and yeah. the iRally app, which was a really popular app at the time. And he was he was kind of the sort of dirtfish of his day, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and very, very passionate guy. And Rally Radio nearly got axed um, in the mid 2000s and I started up a petition and it gained loads of traction got loads of signatures and I think it was presented to David Richards at the time because he owned the rights to the WRC and I don't know if it was because of my petition or, or what but anyway the funding was found for the following season and thankfully Rally Radio continued because it was the only way we could, you know we could actually follow follow the rallies um and I said to Greg one day, I, I want to give something back to you. I want to, I want to, I want to work for you. I want to volunteer for you. I want to do something. And he said, come over to Eep and, and do text commentary. Because I don't know if you remember, but in the app, you used to be able to view the stage end interviews in text. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I literally sat in the, I think it's the Novotel in the um, market square at Eep. Didn't see a rally car the whole weekend. I just sat in a hotel room, just typing away on the keyboard, listening to stage end interviews and following the rally and stuff. And it was absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's probably one of the, the most fun I've actually had at a rally and didn't see a rally car the whole time. Because, you know, it, was just, it just felt so good to, to give something back to a guy that, you know, put so much effort and, you know, time and money and everything into, into yeah. the fans, really. It was, it was all lovely. He was so passionate. He was great. Yeah. He interviewed me when I did my little... Albanian family stop motion videos. Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh, cool. Yes. Yeah, so um, yeah, that was a that was a cool memory to to be sat in a um, in a sort of commentary in a hotel room whole yeah. weekend with the rest of the press as well. So you got to see that side of it, which I'd never seen before, and you know, you really appreciate then how much effort actually goes into. You know, just the social media side, you know, people running the Facebook page and Twitter and Instagram. And, mm-hmm. you know, then you've got the people that are running the news stories and, the, you know, all of the, the footage and editing it all and getting it all out ready for, for TV. And it's just 
so many people and so much effort that goes into it that you just you don't you know normally see um so it was amazing and we got to to sort of meet a few drivers that came into the studio to do interviews i think craig breen was one of them at the time um who was doing the rally and um chris ingram who's who's a good friend of mine now yeah uh, which is how we sort of first first met um so yeah i've sort of followed chris's career ever since then Mm -hmm. um and obviously all all the way up and into to to reaching the top of erc which um again is another very emotional um memory for me is sat at home um in 2019 um listening to the erc radio um when there's this battle in rally hungry between um chris and uh looky nook um and you know chris came out on top at the end but it was it was the the most manic ending to a rally i've ever experienced in my life because there was no radio signal at the end of the stage mm-hmm. all of the timing system had gone down they both had punctures mm-hmm. on the last stage and the erc point scoring was i mean i can't even get my head around it now you had day points <laughs> and all these different permutations of points and trying to work out mathematically and i just remember hearing Chris Roars at the end of the stage, and you could hear Julian Porter in the background, obviously with a calculator trying to figure out who would win the championship. <laughs> and it was kind of backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards for 10 minutes, and then they announced it. It's like, you're the you're the ERC champion. And it was just, I just burst into tears. I was just really? so happy. Oh. So it makes me, I'm, I'm tearing up now thinking about it, because yeah. the guy has put, I mean, I don't think people appreciate how much effort he has put into getting where he is because he's got no money he's got no budget he's you know he's got a great team behind him now in top sport but he he was you know borderline didn't make it to that rally he had to he had to crowdfund it his mum set up a a crowdfunding site Mm -hmm. and friends and family and people just just sponsored him and it, it got him the money that he needed to get to the end and i think it's just one of the most amazing stories in rallying in a long, long time. And the yeah. fact that he came out of it and he won it, you know, was just, yeah, immensely, immensely proud of him because there could have been so many moments when I think anybody was just thought, I'm just going to give up. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's, he's very, you know, Chris is very open about, you know, his mental health issues and stuff. Yeah. And he really struggled with stuff for a long time. Um, and to, to come out and, and do what he did, you know, facing all of that stuff was just yeah yeah really really special i really hope that you know he proves himself in in wrc2 and and you know takes that next yeah i think he will because he is such a good driver but it doesn't matter in rally and if you don't have that money behind you in the back and in the push you can be really really good and unless somebody you know malcolm wilson comes along and plucks you out of it then you have to push yourself and do it all off your own back and it makes it so hard and you know so this many people fall by the wayside because of that yeah I, mean, totally I remember agree. that IRC victory as well just seeing the pictures of it and you just really felt for him it was a really big moment for him I had mm. a thing where <laughs> I like rallying and they know that I work and I work with a bunch of guys and one of them came in and he went, oh, oh, I listened to this podcast. You would really like it. And I was like, uh-huh. They don't know, have a clue about rally or anything. He's like, there's this guy on it and he's going to be the next world champion and he's brilliant and you should hear him. And I was like, oh, yeah, what was his name? And he's like, he's called Chris Ingram. And he's like, he's great. And we just sat there for like an hour listening to this podcast. I can't remember what it was. And it wasn't a rally-based one. And he was just totally in love with Chris and he's like I hope he does so well he sounds amazing and he's yeah. such a nice guy I was like yeah he is and he totally deserves to have some success in this business but his he personality really just came across that it made people that don't even like rally switch onto it and you know back him and be behind him and I just yeah. thought it was a really nice moment yeah exactly yeah I think mean, I think Chris is always when you hear his stage end interviews he's he's never afraid of hiding his emotions you know if he's if he's upset if something hasn't gone wrong, he'll tell you. He won't hide it. He won't slam the door and drive off. He'll he just gets it all out. Just yeah. get it all out. And make sure you're really personable. Yeah, I really like that about him. 
I yeah. really like. He's, I always find him interesting to listen to the end because he goes into so much detail about what happened in the stage as well. Someone will come to the end of the stage and how was that stage for you? Yeah, it's okay. Goodbye. <laughs> Whereas Chris will come in and say, oh, you know, I could feel the tyres going off here and I came into this and I made a mistake here and I could have gone quicker there. And, you know, he just he's just processing everything all the time. Yeah, um, very analytical. And one of the things that I think he's always had to sort of battle with, like you say, he hasn't had that budget. So the fact that in the back of his mind, he's always had, I can't afford to crash this car. Mm-hmm. I cannot go to the limit and afford to go over the limit because if I do, I, I can't afford it. And I think having knowing that that is in the back of his mind and he and he still won that championship, I think that just yeah, I think that's that that makes him very impressive. Yeah, because you know some of his rivals, you know, you've got the 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 two Russian guys there that have just got all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. They can smash a car up and buy a new one on Monday. Yeah. you know, where he doesn't have that luxury. So uh, yeah, uh, he's he's come a long, long way. Um, mm-hmm. Very impressive, and looking forward to seeing what him and his his new co-driver Craig can do in WRC two this year. And he, he had a podium um, at the weekend in Portugal yeah. in the uh, WRC two juniors, and that was great to see that he he got that. Um, really cool. I can't believe so, they yeah. didn't get trophies though. No, I know. You see that they didn't get anything. What? We were kicking oh. the teeth. It's like God. No, well, you say that. But he won. He, when he won the ERC, he didn't get anything for that either. Not. <laughs> didn't get oh, any wow. money. He got nothing. He got nothing. So it's <laughs> it's just crazy, you know. Yeah. It's just like oh, well, um, you boys are all coming in with your own money. So who cares? Do it yourself. Yeah. And your own trophy. But I've been lucky enough to sit alongside him. In, I mean. Um, yeah, I sat alongside him in. I was I was quite lucky actually because he had a lot of corporate sponsors and stuff there on the day, so he sort of managed to sort of squeeze me in because I bless him. I try and help him as much as possible with his social media and stuff on rally weekends. So sometimes I'll take over his Facebook account or whatever for yeah, the weekend yeah. just to try and great. help him out. Yeah, not all the not all the time. I don't do it all the time. Every now and again, if he if he asks me, mm-hmm. um, then I'll you know if I'm available, then I'll I'll do it. I'll you know. I haven't got lots of money to give him. If I won the lottery, he'd probably be the first person I'd give money to to you know, <laughs> try and further his rallying career. But um, I can give him some time, so I give him my time. And uh, yeah, as a sort of payback, he um, he squeezed me into um, it was at Race Retro. He was driving an ex Brooks Manta right. um, around the little rally stage there, so I, I got to go in with him and. Um, yeah, that was great fun. We just went sideways all the way around. Uh, <laughs> so that was that was a that was a nice memory. That was a good memory. And uh, yeah. we we reenacted the um there's the famous picture of Colin McRae and Nikki Grist, I think on a road section, because I don't think they're wearing helmets, where they got the middle finger up. Yes. To the camera. So I, <laughs> I said, Oh, we've got to get a phone like this, Chris. So <laughs> we've got a selfie of us with the with the middle fingers up at the camera. But yeah, I've I've been lucky enough to sit alongside um I sat alongside Yuho Hananen mm-hmm. at um, Goodwood, at the Goodwood mm-hmm. Rally stage. Oh. I used to do a lot of voluntary work for the Richard Burns Foundation, which mm-hmm. unfortunately isn't isn't a charity anymore. But um, Richard was an absolute hero of mine, so I just got involved from with the with the charity from day one. Um, and as a sort of bit of a, a thank you from the lady who used to run the charity, she'd organised with Skoda at the time an S two thousand Fabia. For me to sit along you alongside you, Hananen. And I remember when she she told me this, she said, Oh, we've organized for you to sit with you. I just I almost I almost passed out with disbelief. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. sit next to you. And I think at the time he was the European rally champion or the IRC champion or something. So he was a mm-hmm. he was a champion anyway, so he was at the top of his game. And I sat alongside him in the Skoda and we came to the first corner and I just thought he's not going to make it around that he's not going to make it around that (laughs) how did you get that car to go around that corner like it just completely blew my mind and a new respect for rally drivers I mean there's no way I could drive like that (laughs) and anyway we were absolutely blasting around the around the rally circuit around the rally track so I shouldn't say circuit rally track Mm -hmm. and um and he said, we have, we have puncher. And I, I had no idea that he had a puncher because he was going absolutely flat out. Then we were jumping and it was just unbelievable. I was just clapping and whooping and you know, 
was in my element. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. And he said, we have puncher. Then he just carried on. And we got to the end and some of the Skoda mechanics sort of came over, the crew came over and they started to unbuckle my harness and get me out of the car. And he leaned across and he went, no, no, no. He said, we have puncher. We go around again. No way. So he'd, he'd, he'd let me stay in the car for a second run with, with <laughs> four new tyres or new tyre or whatever. So, um, yeah, we went round again and, and, oh, my, it was so much quicker the second time round. I, I thought the first, you know, I would have been happy with just the first run. But, yeah, he was he was really nice guy. Mm-hmm. It was really nice of him to do that. Yeah, that was lovely. Yeah. And you're grinning so, ear to ear at the end of it. Oh, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was just incredible, yeah. So I, I got to sit alongside Danny Sordo once as well in the mini. <laughs> You're practically yeah. a professional co-driver at this point. Oh, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I don't think they want me sat alongside them. Yeah. How did you wangle that one then? Again, that was with the with the charity. Mm-hmm. Um, we were doing the Richard Burns Memorial Rally, which was based at RAF Marham. And um, Danny was a, a guest. It was Danny and Chris were there in the, um, Chris Meek were there in the minis. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember they actually did the rally or they were there just as a I think they were just there to do sort of demos and things um, but I just built the foundation uh, a website and a web shop and they could sell all their merchandise through it and stuff and they made quite a lot of money through it um, so as again as a thank you for, for doing because I did it all for nothing yeah. um, as a thank you they'd organized with ProDrive for me to to sit next to Danny and we just did donuts. I mean, we just went round and round the car park doing donuts. It was <laughs> so surreal. Was, uh, and I love that Mini as well. The Mini was yeah. a great car. It was such a shame that it was, you know, cut so short, that that programme. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think they could have done some really good things with that car. Um, but yeah, that was another amazing memory. I'm so, so lucky to have sat beside those three drivers that, you know, you say that, but it's not really luck. You put in all that work and did such good things for them. That's you know a good yeah. reward for putting in your time and effort to help them. That's really great thing just, to do. I just wish everyone could experience it. I wish there was a way that everyone could experience it because it's mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. Um, they do do passenger rides at, at Goodwood still, I think. So I think you can go up there and sort of give a donation to charity and sit alongside someone in a rally car and. Yeah. And go around. Oh, that's great. Good, good way of people sort of getting in the cars. But no, volunteer and do some good stuff, and then you get to go in the cars. That's the way. Yeah, to do it. yeah. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you've come along and you like speed because Dan totally blew my theory out of the water that most rally fans are frustrated rally drivers who sit there going, "I could do that" when they watch it. I know. Yeah, I know. Dan, Dan saying he's got his uh, his his little um up. Is it an up GTI? He's got. Yeah. Polar and up, yeah, and up. Up GTI, yeah. Has the has the illusion of speed, I think, as you put it. But, <laughs> but I, I actually I get where he's coming from with that because I actually do think it's more fun to drive a slow car fast than a fast car fast. Yeah. I think it's more fun to to be on the on the absolute limit of a <laughs> slow car than uh, than a <laughs> fast car. So um, yeah, to a degree, I, I agree with him there. Um, it's good, it's good fun. Um, but I'm a rubbish. I'm a, I'm a terrible passenger. Actually, I'm Are not you? a very good passenger. Yeah, yeah, I'm not very good at all. Um, and I I hate theme park rides. I they make me feel sick. I cannot. <laughs> so I can't deal with speed on you know roller coasters no and stuff. There is just no way. Um, I hate flying. Absolutely really? hate it. Terrified of flying. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't mind driving and and actually don't particularly like driving on tarmac that much Uh, it must be a control thing because you can't control the plane and you can't control the roller coaster but if you don't like driving on tarmac yeah maybe there is an element of control there where you you know feel like you're not in control maybe Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I never feel at home on tarmac, and my wife will tell you the same thing because she always, if we ever do a tarmac together and there's a tarmac section and then a gravel section or even grass, sometimes she'll say you drive so much better on gravel or grass. Mm-hmm. Or I'm just always really scrappy on tarmac. I just feel <laughs> more at home. I just feel more at home on gravel and grass, and which uh-huh. is really weird because you spend your whole life driving on public roads. Yeah. 
you, you you'd think that you'd kind of naturally be more comfortable on tarmac since you've is, done it all your life. On your natural surface. Um, I don't know what it is. I honestly don't know what it is, but I just absolutely love driving on gravel, particularly. Maybe you're some sort of honorary fin. <laughs> you may be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's the, the Hananan experience that's done mm -hmm. it to me, yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's some... Um, some sisu that must have been transferred in <laughs> yeah, the car or something. I don't know. No, I better not say that because that'll upset a lot of Finnish people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's really you have odd to one. perfect it for your WRC career in future. You have to get the, <laughs> the Cali Robin pair, get the snow and the tarmac and the gravel and perfect them all. Yeah, I was watching some YouTube videos of Cali the other day. The, the classic one of him when he was about seven or something, chucking his car around. Yeah. Uh, you just think, yeah, it's it's incredible what he's doing in the moment. Mm -hmm. You can't it's, fail to be impressed by him. It's just like good grief. He just makes it look so effortless. Yeah, he does. Like, Typical Finn as well. It's hard just, for you. Yeah, yeah. Typical Finnish driver is just sort of sat there looking so comfortable behind the wheel. You know, it's it almost looks like he's all bored. You know. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Elfin's <laughs> sort of the opposite. Elfin sort of hunched forward in his seats with you know yes always looks like his harnesses are sort of loose to me mm -hmm. he always he always looks really odd the way that he I mean, it must just be so strange yeah yeah it must just be how he feels comfortable he must have just i guess fallen into that and just mm -hmm. stuck with it because you, you look back at old footage of him and he's exactly the same mouth wide open leaning forwards yeah. <laughs> it's um it's funny it's you can't really fail, but notice you kind of want to push him yeah. back a bit and be like, stop straight, Elvin. Yeah, I always think that. I think Come just on. give him a nudge. Give him a nudge. <laughs> like maybe if I sit forward, I'll go a bit faster. And it's like, yeah, 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 maybe that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny that. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's really interesting to watch it this year. Yeah. With Ali doing what he's doing. Whether it's going um, to be think... interesting over, over the next coming years is another thing. We've got another Sebastian on our hand who's going to just <laughs> Yeah, all over everyone. Maybe, maybe he'll be dominant, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Difficult to know, isn't it? But I think um, I, I was, to be honest, at the start, I was sort of disappointed because I, I wanted Elfin to do well. Obviously, yeah. being a Brit, I kind of wanted a Brit to win it. Mm -hmm. um, we'll call him a Brit because we're English and Scottish, and he's Welsh. And <laughs> yeah, take that, we want to take that glory. <laughs> we want to take that glory from Wales. But no, let's face it. We've we, we've had a world champion in England. We've had a world champion in Scotland. We we need a Welsh one. So yeah, definitely. Um, or two two Scottish world champions actually, in Robert Reid as well. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I was sort of almost feeling a little bit disappointed that Alpha, But when I think about it, I, I'd love to see a Finn take the title. It'd be great to see the Finns back on top again. I yeah. think it'd do wonders for Finnish rallying. And, you know, it is the, the spiritual home of rallying, as they say. So, yeah, I think it'd be really cool, really mm -hmm. cool for Finland to to have that. I think he really does deserve it as well. So, yeah, be interesting to see what, what comes. It was a little bit disappointing at the weekend that the two Sebs didn't really get to show. Yeah, I know. You're waiting for this big fight and the two of them just fizzled out with, like, nothing and that's it. They were done. Yeah, that was a shame. It was it a big was. shame. But they're both back in safari. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. That'll be good fun. Yeah, it'd be good to see that. Yeah, it'd be good to see what they can do there. Um, and again, that's a great, that's a great event. So it's really cool to see that back on the calendar again. It is. It's really breathtaking and just really different. It's good to have different things. And New Zealand back on the calendar. That's good as well. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, it's another good event. Regular looking rally. Yeah, I'd love to go and watch those two events. They'd, they'd be amazing to watch. I know. Those are like always, on, the, on the dream list of ones to go and see. When you've won the lottery and you can run around the world watching rally. It's one of the other... Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> one of the memories I always have of Kenya is um, when they had the spotter, they used to have the spotter helicopters. And one of the co-drivers, and I want to say it was Michael Park, had forgotten his pace notes mm -hmm. with Marco Martin. And the helicopter crew were sort of calling out the corners ahead, you know, trying to sort of make oh, pace yes. notes from the helicopter. Mm -hmm. 
And I was just thinking, I wonder how, you know, there's, there can't be any other times where that's happened. No. Really, maybe there is. Maybe there is, but... That was amazing. Yeah. That's a really cool little piece of history there. Yeah. It was great. One of those real just moments that you wouldn't get in any other motorsport. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> you know, why rallying is so great, isn't it? I, I really miss in rallying the sort of... Um, you come to the end of the stage with three wheels and you just you know sort of carry on I miss those things I really do miss those things because I think they sort of just made it that little bit there's that little bit more interest you know you see yeah. a, a really car going down the pub you know you, I, I get why you can't do it safety mm-hmm. grounds and you know <laughs> Danny Elena hanging out the window exactly yeah that is but one of my favorite moments I love yeah, that it's just it's brilliant like little chubby Elena hanging out the window keeping it balanced you don't get yeah. that anymore you're right you don't, you don't see you don't it anymore different now. The regs have all sort of, you know, got rid of all of that sort of stuff. Now you can't, you can't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. like I said, I get, I get why, but it was, it was great to be able to follow the championship during those years when you could. Yeah, and Colin McRae coming along with panels missing all over the place, and you're just like, you're basically driving a roll cage. But the best one was Marcus Gronholm when, um, but which he, he just always entertaining stage and interviews, you know, just always entertaining. The, uh, the classic one with the, the Welsh police when I oh, I can yeah. continue to go, but, <laughs> yeah. but you can't, yeah. but I can. No, yeah. no, you definitely can't. Uh-huh. It's just brilliant. But, uh, he's such a good character. Mm-hmm. And I liked it at the weekend. Um, he interviewed Callie, didn't he? And he asked him about the, the weather. Yeah. He came up. <laughs> yeah, that was just great. And they were like, Callie wasn't even born, or he was only just born when that actually happened as a thing. Yeah. And you can never be, I put it on my little introduction up in the ass of Timo. <laughs> that is just. It's a yeah. classic. Mm-hmm. I keep meaning to buy the t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't even look too overly concerned when he says it. It's okay. just like. Your co-driver's totally broken. You're like, oh yeah, just you know, up in the earth is Timo. Brilliant. Well, you, can really tell Carado, you can tell Corrado that three gears is enough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, brilliant. You know what we don't get as well? I used to like when they did do tactics, when people would stop just before the finish board so that they didn't have to go first on the road the next day. I love that. Yeah, true. Just don't see it was- anymore. Yeah, you don't. And then, and then you used to see people at the finish line that would just sort of go off the road almost, mm-hmm. so they could get over the over the finish line quicker. Yeah, I think I think event organisers must have caught on to that and sort yeah. of stopped stopped that. Well, uh, you got Elfin crashing through the on the special stage when he went round the line. Yeah, like, oh, what are you doing? And they wanted to get time off of him for it. Yeah, I know. It's just like, leave the boy alone. He didn't mean to do it. <laughs> yeah, I do miss all those little things. It made it, yeah. made it interesting. It's definitely different now. I yeah, always it think is. is it rose-tinted glasses, but it's not. You don't get all those as many moments like that. No, you don't. But I, I think we are quite lucky with what we've got now in that the cars are, I think they're pretty amazing, actually. I know a lot of people slate them and and I and I I do get the argument of they should be cheaper and they should be more on a sort of WRC2 level mm-hmm. um, with R5s or Rally 2s or whatever you want to call them now. I still I still get confused <laughs> with these naming conventions. Yeah. Um, and it would be really cool if everybody was in that machinery, but it is the pinnacle of rallying, and I guess it has to be a little bit special. And I think we've been quite lucky in the latest generation of cars, the hybrids and, and the cars before them in mean, that sort of WRC plus, if you want to call it that era. And that it's almost, to me, it's almost the second, I think we'll look back at it as almost the second phase of group B. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. like these monstrous machines that are just smashing stage times and records and things. And they're just so quick. Yeah, they are. When you watch them, it's just breathtaking how fast they are. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think we're... It was like in Sweden. Is it in Sweden? that They had quite a lot of long straights and you saw the speeds they were getting up to. And people said, oh, it's a bit boring. Like, it is not boring. It's like, uh, look at that speedo. Look how fast they are going. 
you'll get. But they're amazing. It'd be nice to have manufacturers, though. It would be nice to have more manufacturers. It really would. I think everybody laments that. You used to have so many of them in the past, and now there's just not that draw. They just don't seem to come to it and see it as something that they can make money in or sell cars out of. But like you say, it is so expensive. It is expensive, and I don't know if it's the image that car manufacturers want to sort of portray at the moment. I think, you know, with uh, it doesn't portray a very eco-friendly sort of image. No. Um, and I think we're trying to do the, they're obviously trying to do the best with the, the hybrid and stuff, but the fact that a lot of the drivers switch it off <laughs> doesn't help. <laughs> you know, that, that image um, very well, but it's a step in the right direction and I'm sure, I'm sure it will, it'll get better. Yeah. It has to. Otherwise, if they stay, if 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 they sit still, it, the sport will die. So it always changes. It's, it's it always the, evolves. It's had it, its ups and downs. Yeah, of course it has. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Your road rallying app. Put up the picture on Instagram that you were helping out with the road rallying app. Ah, uh, I wasn't. I'm not helping out with it. I had a I had a lesson on it. So I went to a um a sort of taster evening where we learned how to use the app. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, I've never actually done any road rallying. Um, it's something that I want to give a go. I definitely want to have a go at it. But this this app has been introduced that basically uses GPS coordinates and it uploads them to a sort of central service. And then people back at base, the organisers that are running the event, can see where all the competitors are. Um, they can warn them of hazards or quiet zones or these sorts of things. But it also does um you can do passage controls and things in the app so you can drive up to a specific point and then it will log what time you arrive there and mm. you can do code boards so it'll bring up a um a selection of code boards so you have to match the code board that's on the sign on the side of the road and it reports it all back into this tool and then it generates the results live mm-hmm. so you don't have to have any paperwork of you know handing stuff out to marshals and things um and it doesn't take the job away from marshals. You still have marshals at the events, but it it just you know makes it quite sort of slick in in the app. So yeah, I was having a a, a lesson on that, which I may um I may use that knowledge at some point to go out <laughs> and do a do a road rally. Yeah, we yeah. called to do one. I'm always um, impressed sort of... when someone embraces technology to try and make things better and easier. Yeah, exactly. That's it's, a really um, good I'm... idea. It's good that someone's gone in and developed that, but. There'll be no more going up to the time control and going, can you put this time down? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no more of that. That's uh, what it takes away. But yeah, you just have to <laughs> drive better and faster. That's it. Yeah. It's nice when technology is used in cars. It's like now, having had such a big gap in rallying between in competing in 2012 to now, is, is you think of this, the safety aspects. We didn't have hands devices back in 2012. We didn't have trackers. No, no tracker in. in in sort of clubman level anyway, in the, the sort of level I compete in. Um, yeah, there were no tracking systems, but now we all have to have a tracking system in our car mm-hmm. with an SOS button on it, things, you know. So it's good to see that technology is being embraced. And obviously now with all live, you can watch every stage live and it's being broadcast over the internet and we can all consume it on a mobile phone, on a mm-hmm. laptop, on a smart TV. And yeah, it's really cool. It's good that, good that we can do do all of those things. It always amazes me with the onboard footage as well. When you see like the hybrid system, you see you can see when it's charging and when it's regenerating. You can see mm-hmm. what gear they're in, and you can see. I mean, I know all those things aren't new, but it still amazes me that we we have all that in rallying. Because a few years ago, we were all sat staring at split times on a screen and listening to a radio station. Yeah, which I have very fond memories of, and it was brilliant, <laughs> um, absolutely brilliant. But the fact that we can now watch every single stage live is just just mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, really cool. It's great. You do sit there going, "How did they do that? How did they know?" I just yeah, yeah. so many sensors, technology well, flying backwards and forwards. See people sort of moaning about when you the the spinning the the, the dreaded spinning map appears on the screen mm-hmm. and you, you know, people start kicking off on Twitter and it was like, "Do you realise how much effort they're actually having to go to to broadcast this live to us mm-hmm. over the internet?" You're in the middle of a forest, in the middle of nowhere, where there's not even phone signal, and you've got a, 
an aeroplane. It's flying over the top of the stage to repeat the signal back to base. And then you've got a whole production crew and you've got all the infrastructure that sits behind it. And there's just so many working parts to that. And, you know, sometimes one bit might go wrong and yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. No. It's not a Formula One race. There's not a circuit that you can stick 100 cameras around. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. work like that. I know. You get it live is is amazing. Yes. You know, yeah. Yeah. really. I'm never complaining. It's just like, who cares? We get to see it. We get to see the camera angles down by the wheels and yeah. we see their faces and we see the stages and people saying we don't get enough exterior shots and things like that. It's like we get the helicopters. We get to see the onboards. Yeah. And it, it'll we'll never better. be happy though. No, exactly, no. But it'll improve over time. It'll get yeah. better. Can never please uh, all of the people all of the time, as they say. No, no, that's true. <laughs> anyway, Mike, I'm going to let you go and enjoy the rest of your Saturday night. Cool, and you. Thank you Thanks so much for, for joining me.